Now, as all of you, I believe, are undoubtedly aware, January the 28th could present us with what is undoubtedly one, if not the most significant history-making, social-changing events that we will face as Christians in this century and perhaps in our lifetime, and that is the referendum on gambling. In a very real sense, this is the Mount Carmel challenge for believers and for the church. Now, I am not trying to be overly dramatic here or even overly emphatic. When I say this, I mean this. This is my belief. I really believe that this is true. I also believe that you and I, as individual Christians, can help to determine what way our country goes on this momentous day. And that all we have to do to do so is to be what we are. And we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Jesus himself says that, isn't it right? He also goes on to say that if the salt loses its saltiness, what good are we? Men will mock us, will ridicule us, and trample us under feet. And he also says that you don't take a light and hand it a candle and put it under the bed. You let your light shine. And Jesus says we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Now, so what I am saying here is that in order for us as believers to make a difference, we must not only say that we are salt, but we must act as though we are salt. We must not only say that we are the light, but we must let it shine. We must not only say that we are righteous, but we must act righteously as well. We must do righteous things if we are righteous. Listen to the words of Solomon in several of his Proverbs. Remember, God said that this man Solomon was the wisest man on the face of the earth. The wisest man that ever lived. Here's what he said, Proverbs 28 verse 12. When the righteous triumph, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, men hide themselves. Now in the context, some scholars like to say that means the righteous will hide themselves. But I think this is general. Everybody hides themselves when the wicked comes to power. And again he says in Proverbs 28, 28. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves. But when they perish, the righteous increase. Again, that was some of the things we saw in Psalm 37 as well. And finally, well, not finally, I had another one here. Proverbs 29, 2. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, people groan. People groan. All right? Now, of course, the familiar one that we are all familiar with, Proverbs 24, 34. 14, 34. What is it? 14, 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people, to everyone. Now, when you look at these passages, you'll see that God, through Solomon, is making one major statement in all of these proverbs, and this is what it is. The righteous can make a difference in society, and in fact, in a nation, but they have to act righteously. They just cannot only be righteous and say, I am righteous, but you must act righteously. The righteous, I say, can make a difference, but only if they live righteously. If they don't, the word is clear. The wicked will rule 
by default. To live righteously, of course, simply means to live a life that is pleasing to God, doing the right things at the right time, loving him with our entire being and loving others as ourselves. This, by the way, as I mentioned before, is one of the major methodologies that Jesus says will cause unbelievers to know that he is the Savior that God sent into the world to save them as we show love to one another. In other words, one righteous person living out his or her righteousness can make a huge difference in our society and bring about a paradigm shift in our culture. One individual righteous person acting righteously. In other words, in the words of Jesus, the righteous can make a difference. The teaching of Jesus. This is a very important that Jesus makes, the point that Jesus makes when he says, speaking specifically to Christians, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus says that. In other words, Christians are the people who can and are expected to live righteously. They are expected to live righteously, and in fact, they're the only ones who can really live righteously the way Christ describes it. Believers, you, myself, serve as both preservatives and enlighteners in a decaying and a darkening society. And friends, we are living in a decaying society. When we can have the chief uh, security offers up our nation, nation actually calling the display of illegal people, people who are involved in illegal business as the most wonderful demonstration of democracy has ever seen. Something is wrong with that picture. Terribly wrong with that picture. Now, as I say here, to be effective though as light and as salt, the salt must be rubbed in to the decaying areas and the light must be turned on in the darkened areas. Salt must be rubbed in and the light must be turned on in the darkness. The salt is no good in the shaker, or if it has lost its saltiness, and neither is the light of any use if it's hidden under a bed. The righteous then must live out their righteousness. They must live out their righteousness. Christians must be Christian in every facet of our life and our experiences. We have the privilege and responsibility, my friends, to do this tomorrow, January the 28th, by voting no. Now, some people complain, Pastor Lee, as a pastor, you're supposed to tell your people what to do. Well, I'm not telling what you what to do, but I'm advising you what to do. You know, if I knew that somebody was going to go to your home and to murder your children, do you think I'm going to say, hey, take some precaution, you may be in danger? I'm not just going to tell you that. I'm going to give you specific instructions as well as I know how to avoid that happening. Get your gun. <laughs> Get your hatchet. You see what I'm saying? So it's not just saying this is what you should, you know, just go and vote. Now, I am encouraging you to go out and vote, but I'm encouraging you also to vote no, because I believe it's what the righteous and the Christian thing to do. Now, I believe that by voting no, we can stop the moral decay that will, in fact, continue to plague our country 
if the web shops that are engaged in gambling will be legalized by the instigation and encouragement of an uncaring government for the spiritual and moral welfare of its citizens. He does not mention that at all, the moral aspects, the spiritual, none of that is mentioned. It's all pragmatic views. Because you're going to get this, I don't care what it costs. Since I'm going to be immediately gratified by these things, regardless of what the cost is, even the long-range cost, just let's be satisfied now. That's not the way it should be. Hear me carefully now. The underlying principle of these passages of Scripture is that it is the individual who makes a difference in society. It is the individual. For better or for worse, for good or for bad, it is the individual. It is not the church as an institution or a corporation, but rather it is the individual Christian who make up the true universal church of Jesus Christ who makes the difference. Remember this, the church cannot vote. Calvary Bible Church cannot vote. It's only the members of Calvary Bible Church who votes. That's why it's the individual who has to do it. You must remember that. But now, if you look at these scriptures, and I want to be not only on this point, but generally speaking as Christians in our responsibility. The scriptures we've just read refer to a certain kind of individual. One who can make an impact for good upon our society. One who is unlike those whose behavior, morality, and mores are reflected in the present state of lawlessness that plague our city. As was so clearly demonstrated, I said, by the government actually giving license to ignore, I mean by, by license, I mean permission, to acknowledge criminals to parade in our streets to promote the illegal activities with the protection of the f police as well. As someone has said, unbelievable, unthinkable. What we need now more than ever before, I believe, are individuals who can help to cure the ills of society and change it for the better. How? By acting righteously, by being salt and being light. And so I say to you, what we need right now are nation exalters. We need nation exalters. Remember, righteousness exalts a nation. We need nation exalters, people who act righteously. We do not need nation destroyers. We've got them all around us. In fact, right now, they seem to be dominant. That's why so many people are groaning, because the wicked are ruling. The destroyers of our nation are the folk who reflect belief in the maxim that says, all it takes for evil men to win is for good men and women to do nothing. That's all. If you stay home tomorrow and do nothing, and you pray and you fast and all of that, you are not acting righteously. You're not acting righteously, in my opinion. All right? In other words, the fact of the matter is that not enough of the right kinds of individuals are making the kind of impact upon our community. Not enough righteous people are living righteously. In fact, we have some righteous people who are openly acting unrighteously while they continue to say they are righteous. It's just amazing. The wrong kinds of individuals are now making the determining impact upon our society. 
You know, they like to say that Las Vegas is called the sin city. And the primary reason for that is because of the impact, the negative impact of gambling in that city. Wouldn't it be something if the Nassau becomes known as the sin city of the Caribbean? And that's quite possible if the righteous do not stand up for righteousness. So I say again, what we need in the Bahamas today are nation exalters. Those who uplift our country's reputation by living righteously rather than sitting by passively while our country goes to Hades in a basket. This underlines the fact that the individual needed to make a difference for the better in our society must be of a certain character or a certain quality. Not just any individual will do in this case. We see the terrible results all around us when this principle is violated, when the righteous are not acting righteously. Let me give you a quote from St. Augustine. He wrote a tremendous book, his classic called The City of God. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to do it. This is what he said, speaking specifically of Christian, of Christian citizens, whom he regarded as the epitome of good individuals. He says, there's only the Christian who is good. And this is what he said. He says that they are the salvation of the commonwealth. They are the salvation of the nation, speaking of Christians. Why? Because they fulfill the highest role of citizenship. And what is that? To act right before God and before man. Righteousness will result and the nation will be exalted. He goes on to say that they are expected to save society. This is Augustine now. Because of who they are. He's reflecting the teaching of Jesus Christ. To preserve our corrupting society by being the salt of the earth. By rubbing ourselves into the community in which we live. Not just standing by and complaining and criticizing, but not doing anything about it. There's another good man. He was a bad man, but he was turned good by faith in Jesus Christ. He wrote a book called Kingdoms in Conflict. Charles Colson was his name. He went home to be with the Lord uh, just a few months ago. This is what he says. Culture is most profoundly changed, not by the efforts of huge institutions, but by individual people being changed. One person can make a difference. Your vote tomorrow can determine the destiny of this nation in which we live. No doubt about that at all, for better or for worse. All of this then supports the concept that as far as our Bahamian society is concerned, the wrong kind of individuals are now making a greater impact and playing a more dominant role in society than are the good or the right individuals, the righteous individuals. The result is that society as a whole is reflecting the values or the lack of values of the wrong kind of individuals. You know now that we are on the warning list for the United States of America for tourists coming here. You know that, eh? We, in other words, right now, we are not attracting people to our nation we are causing them to stay away. Why? Because of the reputation of crime and violence of wicked people, the wrong people are getting the headlines. You understand what I'm saying? Social scientists have long attested to the fact 
that while it might not be explicitly stated or even perhaps admitted, it is the values or morals practiced by the majority of individuals in society that is reflected in the society as a whole. Note the emphasis is on practice. That's why no matter how much we say that the Bahamas is a Christian nation, if we don't act like Christians, we won't get that reputation. You understand? And it wouldn't be true. Again, I say it's the values and morals practice, not merely believed or verbally espoused. In other words, society as a whole reflects what the majority of individual citizens do, not what corporations do, not what churches as institutions do, but rather what individuals do, not what they say. If this is so, and I believe it is, then the preamble of our Constitution that states that we as Bahamians will live our lives in a way that reflects Christian values is merely a piece of paper, and it doesn't matter if they remain there or not. Because you know there's a move now to take that out of the Constitution because they're thinking about amending the Constitution. That's one of the things they're thinking about, taking that phrase out. But listen, if you and I don't live out our Christian beliefs more than we're doing now in our society, they just as well take it out. Don't make any difference, you see. So no matter how much we believe it, if we don't fight for it, if we don't live it, just as well remove it, because it doesn't mean anything, it's just a piece of paper. You can be sure of one thing. A people being recognized as a world leader in murder, rape, violent assault, which was the case a few years ago by the UN, according to per capita, we were leading in all of these areas. You know that, don't you? You know that. The UN, per capita, we were leading in all of these areas. That's the reputation we have from that body. We are now on the warning list, as I mentioned, for the U.S. and other nations when it comes to tourism. So this is affecting tourism as well. And now, with the referendum on the blatant display of lawbreakers being given free reign to publicly flaunt their illegal activities by our government, the world is watching even closer to see if we will completely abandon the rule of law for the rule of pragmatism that leads to social chaos and a nation that is far from being described as a righteous nation or a Christian one. We are seeming to forget that we are supposed to be a nation ruled by law, not just by lust. You see, the law seems to be put on the side altogether just so we could be satisfied with things. And our government is leading us in that direction. Now, what this is saying to our nation and the world is that disregard for the rule of law is indicative of a pervasive behavior and mindset of the individuals who make up our society. In the world, if social scientists are correct, then breaking the law, and in particular illegal gambling, if this is a regular pastime of Bahamians as a whole, which seems to be the picture now, that's what we'd be recognized as, you see. In other words, gambling will be seen as a Bahamian ethos. It's a part of our makeup. In fact, they say that it's a part of our culture. One pastor says, yes, it's a part of our culture. It's been with us, and it's impossible to remove. My Bible tells me there's nothing impossible with God. And if God's righteous people live righteously, I don't care how entrenched wickedness and immoral may be in a, in a, in a society, 
the Christians as the salt of the earth can cause it to be removed. They can preserve it, but we must live it out. So I ask you again, will we become the first city in the Caribbean to be known as Sin City? I put it to you that we, you, can help to prevent this from happening by voting in tomorrow's referendum. And not just voting, but voting no. I believe that the kind of blatant disregard for the rule of law evidenced by the kinds of actions we have witnessed by so many people recently reflect an overall attitude and disregard, not only for law and order, but also for integrity and morality and the teaching of the word of God as well. My friends, this is the environment and ethos that has contributed to the behavior that has made us number one, as I mentioned, in the areas of murder, rapes, violent assaults, as far as the UN is concerned, speaking per capita. Listen carefully now. Proverbs 14.34 is a universal moral law. Proverbs 14.34 is a universal moral law. King Solomon, I think, sums it up beautifully, succinctly when he says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is reproach to any people. In other words, righteousness brings honor or moral wholeness to a nation, while sin, which is unrighteousness, is the cause for a nation's reproach or moral sickness. Now, we know that morality is involved because that is what sin is concerned with. Morality, morals, and values. Solomon, I believe, made this very clear when he said, when the righteous triumph, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise up, men hide themselves. Proverbs 28.12. Notice, righteousness is contrasted with wickedness. The same principle is repeated in Proverbs 28.18. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves. But when they perish, the righteous increase. And again, Proverbs 29.2. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked dominates, people groan. Righteousness and wickedness are contrasted throughout the passage. And yet you would hear the leaders are saying that this does not involve morality. Morality is not involved in this. It's a choice. That's all involved. One of the leading spokesmen for the Yes program, that's all they say. She says, it has nothing to do with morality. Isn't that amazing? All it has to do with a choice. And of course, choice is involved. But that's not the major thing. You've got to be sure you're choosing the right thing. So I say again, Proverbs 14.34 is a universal moral law, not just a suggestion or a pious saying. In other words, once the cause is put into effect, the consequences follow naturally and automatically. If sin becomes dominant, then we are disgrace. If righteousness becomes dominant, then we are exalted as a nation. The principle is a sure thing. Once the cause is put into place, the effects come about. In other words, righteousness lived out by the result by the righteous exalts or I'm sorry, righteousness lived out by the righteous results in an, exalt, in an exalted or morally whole nation. On the other hand, when the unrighteous predominate, 
society with this sinful lifestyle. The society is disgrace. It becomes morally sick. And so what we need to stem the tide of sin and weakness in our nation, therefore, are nation exalters, individuals who live out their faith, who practice righteousness in all they do, not simply say they are righteous. And so from a biblical perspective, the wholeness to Bahamian society can only be found in an immediate and across-the-board recovery of common values as espoused in our past heritages and in the preamble of our present constitution, both of which are grounded in the Judeo-Christian scriptures. The present national crisis, I say, demands not only a new respect for life and law and property, but also a reaffirmation of the transcendent authority of a living God, a proclamation of spiritual dynamic that transforms inner attitudes and motivations and a voluntary altering of our social behavior that can only be done by Christians living like Christians, by salt, rubbing the salt in the community, coming out of the salt shaker, light shining in darkness. Dr. Charles Henry makes a great statement also in his book called The Christian Mindset. This is what he says. A good society is one that seeks good, not because it is legally forced to do so, but because it is inwardly motivated to do so. See, what should be motivating us here is not just the fact that the the, the yes might win and this goes on, but rather something within because of the law of God, because of Jesus Christ within us, motivating us to do what is right, to do what is moral, to do what is just. We should be motivated from Christ within, not from the circumstances without. According to the Holy Scriptures, then, it is the Christ in one who provides this motivation for us. As a society, I say again, we need Christians who are not only Christians in word, but in action as well. We need nation exalters. That's the only effective defense we have to nation reproaches. By the way, I was trying to encourage uh, the committee when we're getting together for this crusade to call it that, be a nation exalter. But they chose this other one, save the Bahamas instead. Now, I believe, of course, when I talk about righteousness, that Christians primarily have the motivation to do this. But I also believe in what I call uh, natural or the law of nature. In other words, there's an inherent sense of what is right and just in all people because they are made in the image of God. And I believe that even non-Christians can do the right thing at the right time. And especially so if they are encouraged by Christians who are supposed to be that way, being that way. In other words, I believe in public morality that is essential to a healthy society and is fostered by a positive response by individuals to divine claim upon their, upon their conscience. However, I still believe, though, it is within the Christian that this mandate is more readily perceived and responded to. What I'm saying is this. Although we have a social sense of morality by all people, if you want, 
I believe it is only the believer who truly can demonstrate that in the way that honestly pleases God. Because Christians will strive not only to espouse our own rights, but those of every other individual as well. It is this moral concern for others that if we practice, and if it is practiced by sufficient numbers of righteous people, will bring wholeness to a society. In other words, a morally distorted social worldview now pervades our society. Values have been turned upside down. The individual, I believe, who will turn it right side up will have to be the one who regards abandonment of the rule of law for immediate social as a death blow to our moral fiber of our society and a way of life as God-fearing people. We need those kind of people. And so, from a purely biblical and spiritual perspective, the kind of individual, I repeat, that is needed to make the needed impact upon our morally sick society is the individual whose heart and life are being redeemed by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ and who now lives every aspect of his or her life in total obedience to the revealed will of God. In other words, to live righteously, a believer, I believe, must have Christ as Savior. Such will be the lifeblood that will give new vitality and wholeness to our community. And so I submit to you that this turning to God by the individual Bahamian Christian is the key to restoring wholeness to our nation and being able to say without fear of contradiction, it is better in the Bahamas and that God does in fact live here. The key though... The key is the individual, though, made righteous through faith in Christ, who then goes on to live righteously before and toward his fellow man. This healing, this turning can begin today, and I trust it will really begin tomorrow with you and with me. So I ask you, will you be the kind of individual that makes a difference for good in our society? Will you turn first to Christ for salvation? Then as a Christian, you live righteously for him in society. That's how you can make a difference for good in our community. Will you do it? Will you become a nation exalter by first receiving new life from Christ, then living that life out for him in our Bahamian society? With Christ living in and through you, you can make a difference. In closing then, I apply these biblical truths to where the tire hits the road right now. And as you, I hope you notice, I was trying not just to be confined to the gambling thing, but the impact of Christian in the society overall. And so I ask you one simple question. Are you as a Christian ready and willing to rub your salt into the life of this decaying Bohemian society in 2013 and beyond? I remind you of the word of God with which we began the message. The righteous must increase if the city is to be influenced by the righteousness. And righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to everyone. So I exhort you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the pastor of Calvary Bible Church, be a nation exalter. Come out of the salt shaker and vote no tomorrow. 
with Christ living in and through you, I say again, you as an individual can make a difference. 